1: Log Talk Radio, and uh, Dan, do you recognize that song?
0: Oh, do I? <laughs> it took me right back to the studio <laughs> in 1973 or 72, actually.
1: Yeah, uh, was, uh, yeah,
0: It was quite a moment. at Town City Studios in Van Nuys, which is, a, you know, one of the landmark studios in rock and roll back in those days. Oh, yeah.
1: Yep. Yep. And, uh, So, for our listeners, I'm speaking to Dan Collins, who is uh, my very good friend and also the producer of my first five albums with Light Records, and uh, Dan produced that song that we still use as our play-on for this show, and he is going to be our guest today, tonight, on Blog Talk Radio. Dan, welcome. Welcome. To the catch.
0: Thanks, John. It's nice to be able to catch up yeah. with you.
1: Okay, uh, we're going to have to, for uh, for memories and nostalgia's sake, we're going to have to do a little trip back, and uh, to the very beginning, um, just for just for my sake, and um, kind of want to let people in on on you a little bit and uh, who you are and how we met. Um, but uh, Dan and I met at a camp in Bellingham, Washington, mm. called The First. And um, I was, I don't even remember what I was doing there. I was probably doing music and doing some teaching maybe. And uh, yes. I don't know what Dan was doing there, but he can maybe refresh that. But we had a... Uh, we had a real synergy uh, in, uh, in our meeting there. And um, uh, I just, uh, it happened to be at a time when we were just beginning to form an organization called Discovery Art Guild and commit ourselves to training um, talented Christian people who wanted to have a ministry through the arts. And, uh, uh, I just felt that the Holy Spirit was knitting
0: uh, Dan and
1: I immediately, and I had no idea what for. Um, what were we going to do? I think Dan is probably the most vague call in the world that I, I must have given <laughs> you to come down and join us. My, why don't you give your own perspective of of that, yeah.
0: okay, um, right. and how right. you
1: ended down in California? <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay. Well, I I remember I I had worked at the Furs in the summer at Furwood, which was their little uh, camp area out on a lake that they used for um, the summer camps for kids, and uh, I was mm-hmm. the outpost camping director there, and uh, I had recently come back from Vietnam and was getting my life organized and sorted. And, and, um, and then in the winter is when you and I met um, at the FERS lodge that they had at Mount Baker. And we had a high school retreat, a weekend retreat, and you were speaking and singing. And, okay. um, and, and you had just recently written all day songs. And and I was over. I was kind of overseeing the can the, uh, the 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 uh, counselors at that at that retreat. And I remember when I heard the all day song, I went, Oh my gosh, that is a fantastic song. And and I thought, that's you know. And I just started humming a harmony part to it. And then you heard me humming, and then I started singing with you. I don't know what what even brought it about, but. Um, the next thing I know, you're asking me if I will sing with you at the Saturday night, you know, evening <laughs> um, concert that you were going to do. And so I said, "Sure, I'd love to." So I learned the songs that day with you, with you, the ones that you were going to do, and sang on those songs with you. And yeah, as a result, for, and Mike I Johnson was there, by well. the way, Our dear friend. Mike Johnson was there, uh, uh, oh, and he no was kidding. I, not exa- exactly what Mike was doing. Uh, being a, an excellent potter, I, I don't know if he brought mm-hmm. anything with him or what he may have shared some ideas and thoughts about ministry and and how how to do pottery and how to weave that into testimony and all that. Uh, but I do remember that as a result of of that time, the next day on Sunday, when we were, everything was wrapping up, you came to me and said uh, that you were developing this thing at, at Peninsula Bible Church called Discovery Art Guild, and wondered if I would be interested in coming and joining and helping with that, and also that you were beginning to work on your third album, and would I be interested in helping arrange those vocals for that album? So that's what what put it all together, and so I just, you know, I went away pretty fascinated with the whole idea. And I'd been booking bands in Seattle for a, about a year and had left that because I got really tired of that side of the business. And, uh, and so I came, came along and really prayed and asked God, what is it that you want me to do with my life? I'm still trying to weave my way through this journey uh, at a, you know, what was I 25 years old or something? 24. Uh, and so that, yeah, that that's, that's what happened. And then I, I felt like the Lord was saying, yeah, go, go down there. You got nothing else going on. (laughs) So, uh, and so I called you and, and uh, I, I packed up my 1970 Mustang and headed for Southern California from
1: Seattle. (laughs) I remember that yellow, yellow Mustang.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that's how it all began. That's how you and I got together and, and then wonderful things happened after that. a lot of great yeah churches, was, now, was that, church. yep, yep um,
1: it was that hard to do was that was that a hard thing for you to step out in faith like that?
0: It was something new for me to do and and I really had been mm-hmm. experiencing things from the Lord that I hadn't experienced before. And, and when I prayed about it, I really felt confident that, that I was supposed to do it. And I, and I just thought, you know, here I am really just working in a men's store, um, not really doing anything at the moment. I'm kind of biding my time, just wondering, has, has God got something for me? And I was California was always a fascination for me. I, you know, would would go to California in the summers with my family because we were from Seattle and we couldn't wait to get to see some sunshine. <laughs> and, uh, and so it, you know, there was a lot of things that kind of lined up and I felt like, you know, there's, this can be only good, you know? And so, um, from that standpoint, I just said, okay, Lord, a new adventure, let's go. And, um, uh, being as young as I was and carefree pretty much and not really anything to hold me back, I, I uh, I made that move. Yeah. So glad I did.
1: Yeah, and the rest is history. The rest is history. We, yeah, it, it we sure started. Uh, I mean, really,
0: it, it really got me, uh, uh, just being there, first of all, to hear Ray's teaching and, and Ron Ritchie's teaching, right. Ray Steadman was so impacting on my soul and my heart that I knew... God was going to do some awesome things. And then being able to work with you on that album project, because I didn't come down there to produce your albums. I came down there to just arrange the vocals, mainly, though, to work with mm-hmm. you with Discovery Art Guild. And, and then halfway, but, you know, just after we got into the studio um, and we're working on the, the vocal arrangements, you said, why don't you co-produce this album with me, which was Still Life. And uh, that's yep. how that came about. I didn't know yeah. anything about producing yeah. records. I, I just knew music and I understood music, played a little guitar, a little piano, but really hadn't explored the, the recording business at yeah. all or that whole side of the world. So that's, that was very fascinating to me. And when we went into, when we, my first real experience in the studio was there at, at, in Van Nuys at, at Sound City mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. And meeting Keith, Keith Olson, who was an amazing producer who ended up doing Fleetwood Mac, um, he right. he taught me a lot of things while we were there working on your album, that very first record. Mm. And I, really, I yeah. really said to myself, this is where I want to be. Hmm. Wow.
1: As far as producing and working with music, yeah. firsthand,
0: hands-on yeah. with music, yeah. Yeah, it really became apparent to me that this was a, a, a thing that I I really wanted to do, and I felt God was saying, Yeah, yeah, we're going to do this.
1: That is what you have ended up doing, is it not?
0: My entire life, yes, since 1972 when we started that project, that's, that's what I've been doing. Yeah, yep. I, Which I've, still uh, I you know, go ahead. I, I was going to say that I've done crack. a lot of album projects and sung on a lot of records because of that initiation into the process with you on your record. And that's kind of how I really looked at every project that I did. I I looked at what was available and, and I had a vision for the beginning and the ending of an album and I could work, you know, I, I felt like I could, you know, see the vision of what an album project should look like. And that helped me understand mm-hmm. Uh, how to do that, and then and then I certainly had wonderful opportunities to um, then try it out and see what happened. I remember yeah. I didn't get paid yeah. one dime for, for those records, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it didn't matter because I was you know I was determined this is what was going to happen and I was going to learn how to do it. Those were exciting days,
1: and uh, you know uh, remember we had uh, we had about ten different businessmen all. Uh, contributing yeah. to to that album, so that we were able to have artistic freedom and do what we wanted to do. Now, uh, up to a point, there was a point where where uh, Ralph Carmichael and
0: uh, and Light
1: Records uh, finally came on board, but that was pretty yeah. much after a large a large part of the of the direction was already established and, and, uh, a lot of it was recorded. I think we just had some sweetening yet to do. Isn't that right? When, uh, when we, that happened,
0: we a, yeah, we did. In fact, we'd already started mixing and we, we took some stuff into Ralph Carmichael. Um, uh, and he, oh, yeah. he loved it. And, and he, and we told him how much we'd spent on the record, which was actually each one of those men gave, gave a thousand dollars. Back in those days, ten thousand right. dollars was a lot of money, and he had Ralph yep. at that point had never spent that amount of money on an album project. It was the biggest budget that he huh. ever went into. But he he liked the album so much that he he uh, he jumped on board and said, "Let's do it."
1: Well, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so, and we were able to we were able to pay all those guys back, weren't we? Yes. If I remember that correctly, I think we yeah, did.
0: That's right. And I
1: think I think that album. Uh, I still think that still life is um, was way ahead of its time. Um, it, it, there's something special about that album, for sure. And I, yeah, I I'm trying to be I, unbiased, I for... but
0: <laughs> it's hard, to do. <laughs> hard to do though. I, I think it yeah. was a, a really good experiment in trying to create something that really was from the heart and, you know, just pulling together our experiences and, and what Clark Gassman brought to the mm-hmm. project, as well as Keith, the engineer. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, between the four of us, we came up with something that was pretty spectacular at the time.
1: Yeah. 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 That was great. Well, and then of course, we went on to, uh, we were right. That that would have been near, actually near the end of the Jesus movement, um, I believe. At least what I think of as a Jesus movement. Um,
0: um, to I, me... I, a lot of people look at it for a 10-year period, from 68
1: to 78. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I have a tendency to think of it... Um, much shorter only because mm. i i think of i think of the jesus movement as um the as the the, the pure part of it was when when the holy spirit was doing everything there was no yeah. control there were nobody right. was organizing anything no nobody was trying to take anything over or, or repeat anything um it, it was just it was just uh Happening all over, to all sorts yeah. of different people in all different settings, and anywhere you went, you could see that that God was at work in people. And some of it was pretty weird. Some of it was a little squirrely, but it was yeah. it was all happening all over. And uh, and and to me, when it when it started to to come together and get organized. I believe that that was more of. I look at that as being more of its ending. Like, ex, yeah, I always look close. at X-Flow seventy two X-Flow seventy two is the end of the Jesus movement. You know, when we, we had a hundred thousand <laughs> people at, in Dallas, you know, stadium, yeah. Yeah. and uh, and uh, that was something we did, and uh, not to say that the Holy Spirit wasn't uh, using that, but. Still, there were. It took on a different flavor after that. I think.
0: And, yeah, um, it's possible. I and it then, would, I would probably say that the that the, there was remnants of of what was happening. Yeah. Before the business part of it kind of came along and and jumped in the picture, especially on the music side. Uh, Sparrow didn't even start yeah. till 1978. So um, it was it was quite. Uh, you know, they picked up on what was going on already with Second Chapter of Acts and Phil Kagey and um, yeah. and Barry McGuire and, and uh, Keith Green. Well, Keith, yeah, Keith came right along right after that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. um, it was it was there was stuff happening before that um, and certainly a lot was happening. And, um, different, different legs of it were happening all over the, all over the place. But I think California then became kind of the catalyst to get the business side of it moving and the music moving out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Dan, when you think of those early days and you think of some of the first musicians who, uh, this is before, uh, contracts and tours and even recordings, um, groups like love song and, and 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 paul clark and and uh R- R- randy matthews and and myself and andre crouch and and uh, when you think of those early days um, is there a what characterizes is there a different character to the to the music than that what happened later on like after nineteen seventy eight is there, and and what what would be the main differences you could see?
0: I think initially those songs that were coming out of individuals who were being transformed by the Holy Spirit um, during the Jesus Movement were really true to who they were and and what God was doing in their lives at the moment, and how it was affecting their life in the culture mm-hmm. they were living in. And and as a result of that, they they really were able to go anywhere and stand in the like Jamie, even my wife, go in the park and just sing yes in the park with her guitar. And you did similar things. Yeah. And then you and I actually we you and I did some Catholic churches. We did you know because the Jesus movement was hitting yeah. them, and so I remember you and yes. I going into a, some, some of those places where nobody had ever gone before. And, and God was just using us in all kinds of places and arenas that we, we didn't expect. And I think that was, for me, the unexpected was probably the key word for what was happening. We, we, we didn't know what to expect. We just knew that God was compelling us to do something, and, and we did it. And, and, and I thought that was the, the case with many of the artists and singers, right, songwriters, that they just got out there and said, man, Jesus has done something new in my life. i got to tell everybody about it. And there was no holding back, no resistance, no sense of, oh, well, what if they don't like it? No, it didn't matter. I mean, it was like they're (laughs) going to like it because it changed my life. So there was this kind of purposefulness that, that developed as a result of that unexpected joy and presence of the Holy Spirit as people walked out into a crowd of people. As, as an artist would walk out or a singer or whatever, as, as time went on, we began to, to calculate and we began, <laughs> I, I use two words, calculate and manipulate, which people hate for me to use, but, mm-hmm. but I've used those words yeah. because it's, it's truly what we did. And it wasn't, they don't have to be negative. They can be positive words. Um, but in a, in a sense that we were trying to find, how do we get this to a bigger crowd and to more people? How do we use it? And so, do we need to do this or that, or change the music to be this? Or, and I think we might have overreacted on, in some ways. Certainly, as time went yeah. on, because we started comparing one another. You know, remember we there was that time when there was this competition going on between these wonderful singers and songwriters who just wanted to love God and do their music, and and the business was was forcing them to be competitive because of chart, charts on the radio and, you know, record sales and things like that. And not, I remember we put together a letter to send to the magazines and say, please don't put out who's the best artist of the year. I mean, ridiculous. No. That has nothing to do with what we are. That may work in the, in the, in the mainstream music world, but that doesn't work with, our, with, the, with who we are as, as Jesus people. And yeah. and I think that's part of what made us lose perspective on uh, and and how you know what we've mentioned before about the loss of mm-hmm. the Jesus movement.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, don't you think uh, in many ways the whole the whole industry took on the model of the world? Basically, we just yes, it did. We just basically yeah. we 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 looked at the way the world was doing their music and getting it out to people and said, well, then, well, let's, let's just do it the same way with Jesus, with, with Christian music. Yeah. And, uh, but but like you said, some of those things don't translate, um, like that. It's, it was different. And, uh, certainly the, 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 the ministry aspect of the original music, didn't have any of that element. There was no, no calculating. There was, no one was trying right. to write a hit because there wasn't anybody that's who would right. play it or record it. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, but yeah, I, but I also do yeah. know, and I'm, I'll say this for the fact that there were a lot of people then who got the music, who got great music that would have never gotten it before because it was, not, it was all localized and yep. wasn't sent out to the world. So a lot of people got some really right. great music, and and many people would, right. you know, even I'm sure some of your listeners would say, hey, you know, I how really that, that music really blessed my life and and turned my life around, or encouraged me when right. I was going right. through some really difficult problems.
1: Right, and of course we've been through so such a a long period of transition and uh, change and. Uh, Oh, crossing over and Christian artists seeking to uh, do their music directly out into the culture, not not yeah. fooling around with Christian music, just uh, and and I think all that is is really good, um, uh, and, and we've diversified, in other words, in so mm-hmm. many different ways, and uh, mm-hmm. um, I do think that's good.
0: Don't you? Yeah. It is good. Yes, I do. Yeah, I think there's a lot of things that, um, that God birthed as a result of the Jesus movement that would have never happened without it. Right. Right. And many wonderful churches. Oh, I mean Oh, did I lose you? No, I'm here. Uh oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I
1: thought you'd dropped out there for for a minute um i I wanted to ask you i, I want to turn now to this this amazing project uh that that you uh, and uh and, and another friend had a vision for um called first love and um mm-hmm. uh, nineteen ninety seven um, you you got a lot of the original Jesus music people together. Um, yeah, some of the people we've been talking about the names we had Jamie Owens, Barry McGuire, Love Song, Terry Clark, um, Matthew Ward, and Second Checks and Randy Stonehill and um, Paul Clark, Nancy Honeytree. Uh, what what was your what was your goal uh for that project. What did what did you want to accomplish and then were there some things that you never uh could have expected or or planned on that happened as a result of that? Uh, there's kind of two so questions good. there, so
0: Yeah, and both of them <laughs> would take me, you know, probably a good hour to to, to dig into it, but I, I would say that Number one was I I felt, well, God woke me up in the middle of the night, and that doesn't happen all the time. I just wake up in the middle of the night just anyway now because I'm older. But um, back then I, I, I heard God, I just felt God was impressing on me that he wanted to, he wanted to remind all of the people out there who who are in churches and who've lost their way Um remind them of their first love. And that's why we called it first love. Because many of these Jesus people came to the Lord, they grew up, they're in church, they've got businesses, they're making money. They've kind of lost that dynamic that they had during the Jesus movement and the excitement that they had being a a Jesus person Mm -hmm. or a Jesus freak, as, as we were called. And many of them kind of settled into a mundane lifestyle and just kind of became materialistic and lost their way. And I really felt God saying, you need to get those artists back in their ears again and let, let these artists tell their stories about what's happened to them in the last 30 years and see if that's going to encourage them to now get motivated and help other people and to get back into some kind of relationship with people that, that will encourage others and mentor others as they're moving into their latter years. And then I also wanted to remind the young people, the children of those Jesus freaks, who their parents were and why they got there and, and, and what happened to them back during the Jesus movement. So it was telling the story of the Jesus movement and then hearing that music again, coming from those artists and then music that they've written for today. That they would written, you know, thirty yeah. years later, and so that was the purpose. Yeah. Of it. yeah. Um, what what I seen there, happen what? is oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, the surprises. What, what, what were there any surprises?
0: Well, there were a lot of surprises while we were trying to do the event because I don't think I I you know we had we had a huge massive storm come in, um and and <sighs> trees went down and you know that the physical problems that we had, trying to get everybody together was really amazing. And I spent a year mm. kind of pr- putting this all together uh, and really was hoping you know to see some great stuff, and I think we did. But it's almost like we had an adversary come in and try to stop the whole project. Um, we had well, i would tr- forgotten and, all about and, that. And, yeah, and planes had to be diverted to other places. They couldn't fly into L.A. and and they had to go to Ontario or the Ontario flights had to go to LA and it was just crazy. And then there's only one road up to the camp where we shot and we shot this video and, and recorded yeah. it. And two trees fell across the street and blocked the way in. And there is a back road that, wow. that we ended up having to use to get everybody up there because it was the only, and it was an, an old logging road. And, um, it, it was just amazing how these problems happened. They couldn't cut the trees down. I mean, there were huge, big fir trees that went down. Not fir trees, um, uh, ponderosa pines. And uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah, that alone was kind of a big surprise because we didn't, we weren't expecting that. Um, I think one of the things that really surprised me the most was when Nancy came, Nancy Honeytree came to me and said, "I've got a song that I wrote." And it's for all of us. And she she had sent it to me about a week before. And she wanted to know if she could do it. And I said, yes, I think it's crucial. I think we need to do this song. And it was called Pioneer. And that mm-hmm. was a big surprise, I think, for, for me and for everybody. Because it really reached down into the root of who we were during the Jesus movement and what God had called us to and that was to be pioneers and to stretch out and do things that we'd never done before. And, um, Mm -hmm. and that was a big step. And, and, uh, and I think that, that really impacted everybody. Oh my.
1: Yeah. Dan, I've been actually studying that song a lot lately.
0: Uh And um, yeah,
1: not only that, but I've been studying the video and uh, it is, it's just truly amazing to me to watch uh, while that song is playing to watch the faces of the, um, in the room as they listen to the song yeah. and as it unfolds. As it unfolds, I mean, you you look at uh, you can look at uh, Randy Stonehill and and he's kind of uh, you know still got he's still laughing from from the last joke you know as <laughs> the beginning yeah. of the song. Yeah. And there's a lightness uh, on everybody's face, but by the time you get to the second and then the third verse, suddenly it all changes, and uh, you yeah. uh, you watch tears, you watch faces. Uh, Randy's is amazing to me because I suddenly, uh, if, if I could write what what I saw in his face at the end, it's like like uh, who gave you permission? To cut me open right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: exactly right. <laughs> yeah, it, it was. We, we uh, weren't expecting. Yeah, we weren't expecting that kind of response. I think when I, that, you know, I when think, Jamie, 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 as well, and Annie Herring, you know, the tears just began to mm-hmm. flow, and and even with Randy, uh, you know, and and it just it just kind of broke everybody open. Yeah, you're right about that. Yeah.
1: And there was a sense of, there was a sense of pain. And and I, I think, you know, like uh, she, uh, Nancy's got a great line in there about, um, you know, uh, what you have done, others will do uh, fast, bigger and faster than you. Uh, yeah. but, but you can't look back. You've got to keep pressing through there's a wilderness out there and it, pathway and it's calling you. And, you know, and yeah. it's like, wow. You know, I mean, because we all felt that we, there's, there was a sense that we we have felt that in, in many ways we've, we've been cast aside. We, we've been forgotten. And, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's just a hard thing. It's a hard thing to be used in such a mighty way. And then all of a sudden, you're not used anymore, and and yeah. and what do you do with yourself? You know, I um, I've made two or three attempts in the last maybe eight, seven or eight years to do some conference calls. I think you you might have got. I, I know I included you in the list, and um, to try and get these people together for uh for the reason of of um, looking at prophetically what do we want, what does God want us to be saying now? And instead of being all separated into our little individual ministries, let's come together again because there is a power in our coming together. There was a power in that meeting that that you created, Dan. And um, uh, because there was no one else, it's almost like, Dan, was like there was no one else on the planet can understand what I've gone through, other than the people in this room right now. There, yeah,
0: yeah. That, well, that is true. That I mean, was a heavy no question. There's no question and that I, that, I, that I felt, is
1: definitely a thing. And I, I feel like, you know, when we've had. Uh, a couple conference calls and we've, we've listened to, we've had people comment and listen to their comments. And my wife, now Marty, Marty was kind of on the outside in a way of all of this, mainly because she was not in the church. She wasn't, she hasn't, doesn't have an evangelistic upbringing or anything like that. And yeah. um, she, she looked at all this and she looked at their comments and, and her conclusion was, I think I think before we can do anything, we need to be healed and um uh and so I began to take that on, and then I noticed that I dropped it i didn't I didn't pursue it, and I think what. <laughs> What we're realizing now, and Marty's realizing that she hadn't even seen. She says, "They need to be healed. You need to be healed. I need to be healed." <laughs> you know, because there, there's, it, it's, um, it, it, it's, it was that sense of usefulness, and then, then being forgotten, and um, what, and, and that hurts. And what do we do now? And uh, I don't know, can't can you speak to that do you feel that and do you feel that from any of the artists and and uh do you think that that what what it would be a good thing to uh, uh it's almost like when you know maybe maybe we haven't grieved <laughs> enough um when someone dies you have to go through stages of grief and if you don't go through those stages then you don't really uh, grow and you bury a lot of stuff, and and it and, and yeah. then it it can turn it can turn unhealthy because you didn't you didn't get down in there and really feel what happened. Um, I don't know. I just love to have you speak to that a little bit. Does any of that resonate with you?
0: Well, it does to a degree, but I think at the same time, much like I I look back and say, do I need to be healed of my year and a half in Vietnam? Um, what, what, are the, what is the result of my time in Vietnam and how did that affect me in, in the culture when I came back and being rejected? So I look at that a mm. little bit as, 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 a, as a major part of dealing with who I am as a person, who I am, my identity in Christ, and who I am and where, what am I required to do and what am I allowed, allowed to do and what is the joy of what I get to do. And, and I've always said, you know, Lord, I'm not going to hold on to anything in my past. I'm going to let that go because it's something that happened and you, you, you're teaching me from what has happened in the past. And you've allowed me to remember the past to inspire my future. And so Mm -hmm. I have not, I have not really grieved in the sense of, I mourn the loss of of whatever happened in those periods as much as I've said, Lord, what is it that you want me to do now? And what is it that has, uh, we know it's all changed. Yeah. And there have been times, you know, difficult times in that process because nobody really wants to change. Uh, And, and, and Mm we, we don't want to, we don't want to see the pain of change, but we also don't want to be, so self-centered that we're identifying only with our own problems and not looking at what God has put on our plate for the future. So I think one of the hmm. things that I've tried to deal with is, Lord, what, is, what are you putting on my plate now? And if, if it's different than it was before, it certainly is different than it was before because I'm not doing nearly what yeah. I was doing back then. But but at the same time I realized and Jamie and I both talked about this about how God has put us in a place of mentoring now. And that that he he kind of turned everything around. Uh we were we were in the in the forefront, you know, especially when we were traveling with Greg Laurie and the harvest events and also with Franklin Graham with the Billy Graham Crusades. When we were singing at those events for seven years, we're in front of hundreds of thousands of people. And Mm-hmm. And you have a certain presentation that happens as a result of that. But no one ever wants to really live there forever. I mean, you know you know what that's like. It, 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 it's mm-hmm. not healthy yeah. because it's, it's not as real as you need to be. And God wants to make us real in every way possible. Mm-hmm. And certainly, so I, I think both Jamie and I, have, yeah, she's had to deal with the fact that she lost her voice and she couldn't sing anymore. And that that was a real oh, difficulty after yeah. you know tra- traveling the world and singing mm-hmm. and and bringing Jesus to to ever, for, to thousands and thousands of people. So then where are we? Okay, well we're we're mentoring in a small church. We're involved in mm-hmm. leadership. We're we're the oldest people there now. What in the world? What happened? We were the young people <laughs> and now we're not. Now we're the old people. Okay, well, yeah. I think my my parents and your parents, both of them in ministry and you know not just ministry but other things as well taught us well how to mentor and be mentors to younger people and to look for what god's doing now and to say what is he doing yeah. and what is he transforming what is he changing are we do we have a another jesus movement on our hands do we you know what's happening with the young people and the millennials and do we want to see god his purpose done through their lives and how is that going to affect the world and i think Those of us, I don't, the thing I fear the most is that those of us who are our age, who have been through what we've been through, pull back and don't step in and help the young people. Yeah. That is the thing I fear the most, is that we, Mm -hmm. and that's part of the reason why I did First Love, was say, look, let's get back to that. Knowing what we know and what God did, not that it's going to look the same, because it certainly wouldn't, because God never comes to the culture, because the culture changes, he doesn't come back Mm -hmm. in the same way and do what he does mm-hmm. when he when he really makes a significant impact on 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 culture. So, I think we have to look for what it is and what God's doing and that we encourage people to jump in. So, yeah. That's kind of where we're at right now in a, in a nutshell. Are you <laughs> That's great, Dan. Dan,
1: are you encouraged uh, when you look at that, when you look at uh, maybe the millennials? uh, Do you see anything happening? Do you see any new movement of of the spirit, perhaps, um, coming?
0: I do. I see some amazing things happening in young people that um, they look at the whole world differently than we did. And so we have to not Mm -hmm. Sideswiped by that and think, oh my gosh, they're not doing it the right way. No, it's not that at all. Where, wherever you see the the brightness of Jesus in someone's life, and and you see the love for Christ, and 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 that dynamic begin to come out and flow from a young person, that's pretty exciting for me. And the same thing happens when I hear preachers, these young guys that are in their thirties preaching, and I'm going, my goodness, they have got a handle on what God is doing, and they really see something that um, that that's happening and they're able to understand it and relate it to the culture. And I love that. I just love that. And I want to be as supportive mm-hmm. of I, as I can of that kind of thing. It's different than what we saw. And I, and I don't know if it, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how it's going to look, but I certainly like yep. what I'm seeing in these young people.
1: Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, we, we see it too, Dan. In in fact, we've had, we, millennials are our second largest audience that, that come to Mm. catch. And, uh, and I think they're responding to the type of message that we have and the fact that we're 24 seven church, (laughs) you know, in a way. And, uh, and just a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the things that, uh, that we represent and the way we, the way we talk about things uh seem to resonate with them, and um so we're very excited too in fact um uh, we uh we just picked up um uh, a millennial to be on our board and um Good. so we're gonna see see what kind of you know wh- where this is going what kind of uh because I do think it's not like we're gonna lead it I don't think we are, but i think I think what we can do is we can support them. We can, we can come alongside them, and we yes. can encourage them
0: I, I, and, and maybe give really them some think, wisdom
1: from our experience.
0: Yes, I really think of it as parenting, because when you think about hmm. the millennials right now, many of them are displaced um, either from their families or from their home where they grew up, especially here in L.A. Um, a lot of them came out to be involved in the entertainment world, and they, they grew up with a Christian home or in a Christian home or found Jesus along the way. And many of them are still saying, I don't have a parent. I don't have anybody around me. And I need some older generation to come along because I just need somebody who I, I can just, you know, hold on to and, and believe in and know that they've walked with Jesus all these years and that they still love him. And, and I think I'm seeing that because the temptations from the culture are so intense and there's so much fear in it yeah. that yeah. that I think they're looking to those of us who have been around a long time and saying help me you know just just to be around people like us who have been faithful and stood mm-hmm. with the lord and walked with him that to them is a huge huge step for for them to become secure and feel feel they they really understand that parenting is an important part of what they need in their lives yeah
1: yeah well, gosh, I just I just noticed the time, Dan. It's been so much fun. We've we've gone way over. But I I, I just in the last uh, as a last question, um, what would you say to to us, our our listeners, to the what would you say to the boomers, um, and uh, how how can we? What would you like to see us? Uh, how uh, in our thinking and in our involvement um how do we keep from from just uh being unplugged and and uh uh off to the side somewhere how do we how do we get get back in
0: where do you think that would be you know it's funny because i all my life i've heard this and I remember dr john Ald, uh, john mitchell at at uh, Moment when I was there He one Mm -hmm. time grabbed me by the back of my pants and he said, Dan, stay in the word. And, and I never, I never forget that. And I, I, I don't do it as much as I should, but when I, when I think about it, of course, now I'm doing stuff with Ray's sermons, Ray Steadman's sermons. So I I'm in the word all the time (laughs) because I'm (laughs) I'm transferring all of his tapes into digital. So, um, uh, oh, I'm hearing him preach all over again And it's just fantastic I just finished Jeremiah's. I'm going to start tomorrow I'm going to start oh. with uh, Mark, the book of Mark so, and, I didn't and know you were doing that That's both, great. Yeah, both Jeremiah and Mark He did while you and I were there At PBC So it's kind of fun uh-huh. And he's mentioned he's mentioned your name once or twice And you actually sing on one of the tapes <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, No so, kidding Wow But so uh, yeah. But Staying in the Word is so important and because we, we drift. We, we, it's so easy for us to drift. There's so many distractions, mm-hmm. and we just have to keep focused and remember that we, we, there are so many promises in the Scripture that the Lord has given us that we need to hold on to and remember and to trust. And once we do that, we have something to offer to the young millennials, If we don't do that, we're just kind of Mm. talking about whatever, and and it's random, and we we can get lost ourselves in the culture Mm. and not know where we're supposed to stand. So I think it's crucial for us to do that and just to continue to ask God to show us areas we can help and be a part of what God's doing right now in this day and age. I think it's pretty simple. Uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah.
1: Dan, thank you so much for uh sharing your thoughts with us and for taking your time to be on the show. I I really appreciate it. And uh Oh
0: you're welcome.
1: And we gotta we gotta yep. Yep. And um uh, we gotta we gotta keep it going. we got to get together again. <laughs> it's sure. too long.
0: Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be yeah be fun.
1: Okay. Okay. We'll give our love to Jamie All right, thanks. Thank man. you so much, Dan. Yep. You're welcome. God bless.
0: Bless you too. Yeah.
1: Well there you go, folks. Some great thoughts over a long period of time. Um, uh, who is it? The guy that uh, I think was it, Eugene Peterson, the, the long, uh, long obedience in the same direction, or something like that. Um, it's been a long haul for for a lot of us, but look at what uh, look at what's happened, and look at what God has done um, through some of the things that are. Trying and difficult And others that are Full of joy and uh, Fulfillment And now God could be up to something Brand new and uh, We believe he is he always is It's just that we don't always see it So um, Open our eyes Lord And let us see what you're doing uh, In our midst And especially among Some of the young people Um, Who are uh, Who are joining us So uh, fantastic God bless everybody Uh, Join us next week For another Blog Talk Radio Keep up with the catch Every day It's a way we can connect And uh, keep you guys Thinking And growing Mm -hmm. And connected not only to the Lord But to the world around us Those are the things that are important to us So uh, God bless you Take care We'll be back again